Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you? Good. I hope you can hear me clearly. I know, me too. Um, I've been having some difficulties getting my computer to um, start the podcasting. I don't know why, but Anchor doesn't allow me to invite people from the desktop. But if I invite myself from my phone, it will. So anyway, I'm trying to figure that glitch out. But um, I'm on my phone for right now. So that's what was taking so long. Oh, it's fine. Better late than never, right? Better, better. I like your accent too a lot. Like I was like, better late, better late than never. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've always done accents ever since I was little, and like growing up, I would just play with people's accents, and the British English accent has always been my favorite. Um, and I have English ancestry, so I was like, that's fun. But <laughs> there's a genetic predisposition there. There like, is predisposed to liking it. There is, there is indeed, and that's actually a thing because when I was in Austria and I was learning German slash the Austrian dialect of German, the um, teacher, she goes, you are able to speak it like very well. And I go, yeah, yeah, I'm half German. She goes, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's amazing so, though. So how many languages do you speak? Oh, I only speak one language fluently and that's broken English, but... <laughs> No, um, no, you're really like you're a good speaker. Like you're not only like linguistically proficient, but you're a good. Um, you construct your sentences really well, like, and you deliver oh, messages I appreciate, I appreciate effectively. That. Yeah, no, no. Like <laughs> listening to you speak, I'm like, oh wow, she put that paragraph really well. Like when she spoke it out. <laughs> <laughs> I just like being able to flow my words. And um, when I was in high school, we, we had a guest speaker come in and explain the the turn off of like, like saying like, like, like over and over again in a sentence. And we all kind of just looked at each other and we're, we're like, oh my gosh, we say like all the time. Like, like every in between couple, every other word, <laughs> like in between every other word or people say, um, or, ah, uh, and yeah, 100%. they just encouraged us to take a pause. And I took a speech and debate class and I think I did thermatic imitation in, in thermatic imitation impromptu in every um everything in between and it really helps me to find my voice and to learn to articulate things in a way that we're catering towards my audience not necessarily changing the message but catering it into such a way that the audience would understand and relate to it so that was what really made me a really good speaker that's amazing yeah it's <laughs> up to you right that's up to you thanks it came from uh insecurities and being bullied in in school to being like I'm gonna whoop your butt with words <laughs> well I'm all for it yeah. as someone who was like bullied in school as well I'm all for it Champion oh my gosh we're definitely going to talk about that because how you have been able to go out of that and now into what you're doing with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and nfts like it's so very exciting but let's let's go ahead and get started I'll give give you a little quick intro <laughs> for okay. for, any, for anyone that will be listening later one thing I like about doing the podcast is there's no live audience like a Twitter space so you can just go with the flow and vibe and just talk about whatever you want to talk about without thinking like oh someone's actively listening to me <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, Twitter spaces, there's just something completely different. Like, it takes a while, you get used to it, and it becomes a lot more easier as you go, like, as time goes on. But it's so weird, because A, like you said, it is live, and some some of the spaces have, like, 300 people in them, and you're like, you know, uh, like, it, it's scary, because you can't see the people, I think. For me, that's it, because mm -hmm. I've actually done a lot of public speaking, so um, I present research to like hundreds of people on stage and that's oh, wow. fine because like, I can see them. But when <laughs> yeah. I first you can see their faces Twitter if space, you're putting yeah. them to sleep or not. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And I can see, you know, level of engagement. I can gauge just reactions, I guess. And on Twitter spaces, it's like you just see like um, PFPs. And mm -hmm. I mean, other than hearts going up or like the little... Um, you know, applause emoji or something like that. You don't really know who's behind this. And so it just seems like a little overwhelming sometimes, especially on big spaces. It is, especially like when you're joining a space last minute and you're wondering who this person is and everybody has like these unique names so that aren't their actual name. And then their PFP doesn't tell you if they're a boy or a girl. 
and, and you're just like um i don't i don't you with that emoji or you <laughs> you with that thing uh what were you your question or like it's just it's a whole different um thing to get used to but i think you do it quite well and every time you're in one of my spaces or whenever i listen into one of yours like you do an excellent job so thank you i really you're appreciate that so getting started officially i mean <laughs> we get five yeah. minutes and we we you and i could chat all day long honestly right um, <laughs> i am kendall aka overall good day girl and this is zara, zara aka bjj woman <laughs> and she is my guest for today and we're just going to be talking about nfts um photography business women in the world today and just kind of just letting this be kind of a chill podcast no real goal for this other than just to tell you a little bit about her her story and just talk about what we want to talk about which is the perfect type of thing i think honestly to do in any podcast is like what we want to talk about today well let's just let it be organic and let it let yeah. it go go like, and flow yeah no but, planning required no planning required and then obviously always relating it back to the message of overall good day girl and then the message that you want to teach women and empower women through self-defense and and brazilian jiu-jitsu so those will be our goals and focus for today and then are you good with just like a 30 minute podcast no more than or Sure, as long as we need to get the conversation, like, yeah, know, absolutely. I don't, how, how I didn't, comfortable I didn't we feel going with it, right? I didn't want to put a time limit on it. I just wanted to make sure, like, with if you had anything after this, like, we would be still be good. I'm good. I'm good. Perfect. I think once the conversation gets flowing, like, we'll know when it's time. Yeah, we're like, okay, now we are tired. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why don't we start? Why don't we start using my fake English accent talking to you? <laughs> Oh yeah, you can you can brush up on it right now. You can take oh the opportunity gosh. to practice now. Oh my goodness, you can you can pick on me and you can tell me if it sounds a specific type type of English accent or because I know there's different dialects depending upon where you're at. Yeah, depending on yeah. So yeah, like, there are cr- so many different. It's so funny because I was having this conversation with someone uh, once where I'm like, it's so tiny, like. The United Kingdom is an island and it's so it tiny, is. but there are so many accents. It's crazy. Like every single city has like a completely different accent. It's amazing to me how how we as human beings can adopt like a certain language like as our own. Like in like obviously you're the product of your environment, your family, but you don't necessarily have to like adopt like that language. Like, you know, people that will move to different countries like when they're young and then like they were say like I have a friend who was born in South Africa, but he was raised in Germany and like he speaks German, but he was like from South Africa, you know, and it's just like, it's so funny to me, like how languages work and how people's cultures like shift depending upon where they live and what, where they choose to like make their home. But it is very, very, very neat. Yeah. It's, it's quite remarkable. And that thing that's one of the miracles really. Like, I mean, there's so much diversity and there's so much adaptability and like even just talking about the accents like you wander back and you're like you know it's so strange it's such a tiny space and you know what was the evolutionary reason for like developing these right right exactly like what gave that person that extra awe and when they say yeah a's or no it's i love i'm a student of history because i believe if we don't know our history we're doomed to repeat it and that's the cause of cause of most of the turmoil in today's world and just not remembering to be human i completely I completely agree. And I always say this to people. I'm like, unfortunately, I feel like we're always stuck at level one because people go <laughs> ahead and make the same mistake again. Like, I'm, yes. I'm like this is going to be off topic. But even with, like you said, all the turmoil in the world, it's all it's all about like greed and power. And like, we're always repeating the level one mistake and no one's ever evolving truly. Well, yeah, as a as a as a co- collective hu- humanity, right? We have our seasons. I, ca- I I believe it's a three generation cycle, and I don't think this is off topic because this is about one of the things I talk about on my podcast with whoever's on is about generational bondage and how it is mm-hmm. our duty as the next generation to look at the sins of those in the past and look with hope to the future and say, just because my dad was an alcoholic doesn't mean I will be one. And just because I had a broken family or somebody hurt me in this way doesn't mean I'm going to raise broken, wounded children. I'm not going to be perfect, but I refuse to pass on my sins to my kids and let them adopt what I have carried on from generations prior to me. So 
Yes, it's fascinating to me. So I believe, and I've studied a little bit of human psychology, There, it's called the three-generation turnaround. So usually the grandparents' generation is very hardworking. They have some type of tragedy, world war, something like the, the Great Depression, famine, whatever it is that like really shakes them to their core and they're forced to grow up rather quickly in their youth and they they start to fight for what they believe and they value freedom and they like get into this mode of just like survival and once that survival turns into flourishing economies then they start having children building businesses and those kids are like the tweener generation that wasn't present for the turmoils of the world war before but they're also not without their own struggles and they're focusing on work 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 and then those kids breed entitled spoiled children who then are tossed into some world to world turmoil turmoil again and it's just a three generation cycle so what i would like to say is we need to focus on the humanity and the heart condition which is that every single person on this planet has a heart condition and it's called sin and we struggle and we fail but to keep getting back up and choosing joy and choosing to not let the mistakes of our past define us and rather focus on the hope that is the future and so that's kind of like kind of what i've adopted and i like to talk about a lot because just because the generational bondage and the generational cycle and repeating history is inevitably going to happen that doesn't mean you have to be a part of it yeah no I completely agree honestly and I think the the most important thing is just to remember that every minute and every second is a choice like you have a Mm, choice available and you can decide what the next step is so there's nothing already like predetermined and predestined completely like um, and and I feel like people fall into the victimizing trap when they yes. do this, when they feel like, oh, but, you know, this is going to happen or it won't work or, oh, but it's it's like my family always has this happen to them or something like that. You know, like people just connect themselves yes. to things that haven't happened and they make choices that lead them to those just so they can reaffirm this to themselves and be like, yeah, see, I was right. It doesn't work. And I'm like... Yeah, but you had a choice and you chose to go down the path that led you to reaffirming the negative outcome or the negative belief that you seem to have within you. Exactly. We love our crutches and we love our pills is what I say. Like, I mean, there are general, genuine medical conditions where people need to take medication. I'm not knocking that. But I think oh, like 98% of the people in the world that take medication do it because they have been either told by a doctor where you have ADHD and you need this. And then throughout their life, they just say, oh, I can't do that because my ADHD or I, I can't pay attention to you while you're in front of me talking during a coffee date because I've got ADHD. And they use it as an excuse and a cop out from actually being fully present where they are and actually actively participating in their daily lives instead of just like you said becoming a victim and kind of just it's I think it's the red pill versus the blue pill I don't know if you've seen the matrix but the people that take the blue pill are in the matrix just focusing on like the day-to-day monotony just the pleasure seeking and then the red pill people go to the reality which is harsh and brutal but it's the truth and I think that we all need to get red pilled (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no I mean um, and it's it's with everything in life. Like some people think they're gonna be bad at academics because of some like negative belief or false belief system they have. I am think horrible gonna, at math, like... <laughs> so therefore I could never I could never be a um, scientist because I can't do math or whatever it is. Like no, yeah, you're yes, keep going. Sorry, I interrupted. The thing you. is, you don't even have to be good at math to be a scientist. Like, but it it kind of like draws into every aspect of life. Like some people think they're predestined for bad relationships, and they Ooh, they somehow manage to attract people, and they reaffirm to themselves, look at all these bad experiences I've had. And that means it's true. I have bad luck or my entire family, all the women in my family have bad luck with relationships. Like it's these, these beliefs that they build upon and they end up like making themselves the victim, even though they had the choice to, you know, like take themselves out of these negative situations that helped reaffirm, you know, whatever beliefs they had. Absolutely. And would you say that you found with your um, background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and the classes you've taken, you've met, I'm guessing hundreds of women like in all different areas backgrounds in their life belief systems that they have about themselves and about the world and what they're capable of and you um were mentioning in the last space we were in you loved how brazilian jiu-jitsu and the process just really breaks all those barriers and those dismantling beliefs down and replaces them with confidence and things that they believe and trust and now know that they can do 
Yeah, so um, just a bit like um, since we are on the podcast, just a bit about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in general before I um, go, go on to that point. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is basically a martial art focused on groundwork and um, it uses chokeholds and joint locks to control situations and submit opponents, basically. So in real life situations, in terms of self-defense, it's to mainly control situations and help de-escalate them. Um, and it's very efficient, effective. It's um, it's good for all like you know sizes, ages. It works. Um, you don't have to be very big. You don't have to be very strong because the goal of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is self-defense. Is that anybody who has trained Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu can take on an opponent bigger than them that hasn't been that hasn't trained. You know, the only time um, you'd be going against someone your own like bigger than you and not doing well in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is if you're competing for example and you've got right. like a like an evened out opponent and that's that's a completely different scenario but um yeah and so just being on the mat like regularly you get exposed to very uncomfortable situations but in a very safe setting but you are being pushed to your limits and each time you survive not only do you carry that survival along with you like You've just survived, for example, a chokehold on the mat, or you've just survived um, a very difficult role with someone. You actually take that with you because you've now broken through a barrier. Every single role, every single training session, you've broken through a new barrier. And so you approach your new day with so much more strength because you're already so much stronger than, you know, like there's that... um, there's that concept where, oh, if you've made your bed at the start of the day, then you've already accomplished one task. And then so that you've already set yourself up for success. It's similar to that, but in terms of like confidence and power boosting and empowerment, because you've just survived death, basically. And so you're like taking on the the entire day with so much life. And, and it really does make a difference. And there was, it's great. I've seen so many women, myself included, because I was extremely insecure. I was the kind of person that was always like overachieving at academics and like um, just just overachieving at everything, I guess, um, because I was like <laughs> compensating to, yeah, to some extent, I was actually compensating maybe for other insecurities that I had. You and believed so- probably like I did my whole life that our, my worth was tied up in what I accomplished and what I did and not who I was as a woman, as, as Kendall, like I would overachieve. I would be like, okay, well, if I'm not doing 10 million things at once, then I'm nothing, <laughs> which is yeah, so because- so destructive <laughs> and so stupid. But that's 100%. what we believe about ourselves. We believe that our worth is tied up in what we accomplish and what we do and not in who we are. And I, I love that you're saying that. And like, yes, it's, it's so common and it's so relatable, but like, yeah. So how, tell us a little bit more about how you kind of overcame that and kind of got forced out of that mentality. Yeah. So it took, honestly, it took me sitting down and like in my notebook and like in my journal, I was, I made a table and I was like, what are your roles in life? Who are you as a person? So then I, I'd like jot down. I'm like, okay, I'm a woman. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then I identified all of the roles I associated or the responsibilities associated with those roles. And then I, I was like, okay, so you need to actually figure out what's going on here because you've got so many things. Like I was so, you know, when you get onto that rush of just achieving and you feel like, well, you've achieved so much, you have to keep going on. And like the bar just keeps going up higher and higher. It 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 totally does. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty much that. And it took, um, I'd have to say, it took the pandemic and like having all my plans just completely put on hold um, because I was like building up my CV. Like the work I'd done on my CV over the past like five years was equivalent of someone who'd been doing it for, for example, 20 years in the field. Mm-hmm. And I was just like going, 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 going. And I had all these 10 year, like 10 year plan and everything. And it just took the pandemic to like put everything on hold. And for me to just like, you know, take some time off, refocus, reground, and just ask myself really important questions. Ask myself questions like, well, what's the lifestyle I see myself having? What are the things that I love doing during the day that make me so happy that it feels like I'm not really working, but I am working? And what are the insecurities that I have that are really like 
pushing me towards achieving in other areas of my life instead of me just facing those insecurities head on and, and you know, like treating them, <laughs> like instead of yes. avoidance. I, like I think, I think avoidance is so, so important. So I took um, human and spiritual integration in college and it was like a, a combination between theology, spirituality, um, psychology and like just all the ologies honestly <laughs> it was just like it was great but it was funny because this this doctor he was a doctor he has so many degrees and so many PhDs and he just was like combining all of his knowledge of the human person into this one class and it was so beautiful and unique it was such a unique experience because here I am as a business student sitting in this class learning about child psychology about social work about human spiritual development and how we need to but we need to care for not just our physical and mental body but also our spiritual body and he was explaining to us like the number one thing that people do in their life if they don't actively realize it like you said sit down write those questions down and ask like who am i what am i here for like what am i my daughter i'm a wife i'm a mother like we have uh, we play our lives in a, a non non-ending cycle of avoidance like you said but we specifically are trying to avoid discomfort we are trying to avoid not being comfortable because we like comfort we want things to go our way we don't like it when it takes too long on, to drive to work we don't like it when our back hurts so what do we do we take aspirin right so like we're constantly doing the avoidance game of discomfort and pain and suffering. But I think the beauty of life is that we all can relate to what suffering is and that suffering has a purpose. It's not useless. It um, can lead you to discovering those questions. Like it took that discomfort to get you in COVID to get you to sit down and ask yourself those very important questions that led to this greatness, right? Like I just, it, it blew my mind when he sat us down. It was like in a little like Socratic seminar style table and he was just giving us all of this information. But then he started asking each of us individually questions and getting to know each and every one of us. He was more interested in how we progressed in the class and less on us achieving all of the goals he had on the syllabus and I was just like wow that is such a beautiful way to approach this and I kind of just carried carried with that on my own like studying um, the human person and psychology from going forward but yeah we we play the avoidance game like nobody's business in today's world (laughs) yeah we really do honestly and it, it like when I sat down and I did all of that in my journal it ties back into what we were saying about the generational um concept and I actually identified like certain um, traits and characteristics that I thought I had to carry with me or beliefs I thought I had to carry with me because they'd been carried across generation generations of women in my family and that was like a huge turning point because I was able to see who were the greatest influences as well in my life and what were the positive influences and what were the negative influences according to what I see for myself basically yeah. And if you don't mind sharing, what was like, I think, what was the number one or top like two things that you discovered that you had to overcome um, that were the traits that were passed down? The traits that were passed down. Gosh, this was such a long time ago right now. So you're like, um, I have fully healed and moved on. And the, I just didn't even think about it anymore. <laughs> on, honestly, honestly, which is I awesome. Can, I can actually say that right now, like maybe a couple of months ago. No, but I like truly it's, it was a transformational time for me. Like, a lot of people that even knew me over a year ago might find me to be a different person now. Yeah, no, I 100% understand what you're talking about. So when I did, did I ever tell you about my dream team that I did in college with students? I think I, I yeah, talked you mentioned about it. Li- yeah. yeah, I mentioned it on the last base, but I had a group of, um, everybody between freshmen and high schoolers in the area to seniors, we would meet once a week to talk about our dreams and our goals. And um, we would talk about like what we wanted in life. And it, these, these kids that I would work with, they were the kids, but they were, some of them were my age. <laughs> um, I would work with them on a weekly basis. And I would talk to people like not in our group about what we were doing or like, do you know, so-and-so. And I watched as I would meet people or talk to them and like, you, you, you go to call or did you, I don't, how old are you? I, <laughs> I forgot to ask that. I don't remember how, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay, I'm 23. So yeah, you've you've done your college and and work and school and everything. But um, kids that are constantly if you're on a big campus meeting people all the time, like you forget that you've met someone before. So I met this one girl twice in the span of like a month. 
And she was like, do you know so-and-so? And I go, yeah, I know so-and-so. And she goes, oh, my gosh, they're super, super nice. That was the first thing that she described one of the kids that I was working with as. And then the second time we met, and she forgot that we'd met. And she's like, do you know so-and-so? And I said, yeah, I do know so-and-so. <laughs> she goes, oh, my gosh, they are so motivated. They know who they are, and they know what they want. And then she started talking about the goals that my friend had. And I was just like amazed at that shift. Like we, we, she went from describing this person as, oh, she's super nice to she's super motivated. She knows who she is and what she wants. So when you're talking about, you don't even remember <laughs> a lot of the things that makes total sense because you've been living and breathing this for so long that you've replaced that old hardwire in your brain and in your body that towards that negativity and that that um things that you need to overcome with the truth of who you are and what you can accomplish and it's just it's amazing to watch that transformation take place in people and i'm sure you've seen it uh, both in in your business and and on the mats and it's just it's such it's such an important thing that i think we don't talk enough about 100 percent, and it's it's probably in my journal like if I go back and I see and it would be interesting <laughs> to go back now and go look through yeah but go yeah, back like, and look through I'd love I'd love to know like what they were <laughs> yeah because at the time I was like dedicated to the task I had like my highlighters and I was like color coding you know like what are the traits I really dislike and what are the traits that I like and what are the traits I can live with and it was just like all fully mapped out and then I was like well there it is that's a complete um we can now start like initiating and setting up a plan to overcome all of this right no coming up with a plan is so important so um I don't know how how you did it but um the way I did it I created a the dream board and then I created my top 20 of my life goals I don't like the term bucket list um I don't know do you know the origin of the bucket list like okay so but you've heard of a bucket list right yeah Okay, so the the original saying, like uh, the bucket list, where it came from, is the idea of what do you want to do before you you kick the bucket or you die? Well, the kicking the bucket part comes from back in the Western times when they would hang people, they would put them on buckets and they'd kick the bucket from out from underneath them and they would hang them. So I was like, that's like a very dark and horrifying like term, and I and I because I know the history of it, I don't like saying my bucket list because I want to live my life out of love for living, not out of fear of dying so um I created my top 20 life list goals or things that I would like to achieve in my lifetime and I kind of just based off of those 20 my day-to-day and like okay what are the things I can do today to take steps towards one or two of these and I started to be able to transform my life that way because we don't want to ever like do what's good for us unless we actually desire it like if you're oh I need to lose weight better go on a diet like instead of saying I need to go on a diet oh my gosh would be like I want to be healthier and I want to live longer for my family and I want to live a healthier lifestyle and focusing on those positive reaffirming um, cycles in your being and in your brain instead of saying like oh I gotta go on a diet because I am fat like it's like no like to do it in a way that makes you happy and makes you joyful and then the process just becomes a lot easier yeah so um for me um I had a similar experience with using the dream board I'd actually made my dream board years ago because since I've had had it set up and I prioritized certain things and it was there. And for some reason, because of the way I was like approaching my life, um, certain categories of things were going forward. Like I said, in terms of like things like career and academics, etc. And then for me, for example, like you just said, losing weight, getting healthy. I had like this, I think half of my dream board at the time was like, just like really nice pictures of healthy food. Because I've always been someone who likes to eat healthy, but I always struggled with losing weight, um, slow metabolism, and, and endless list of reasons. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> um, for me, um, I guess the what really changed was just finding balance. And so I think mm. that time off, what I did was instead of... Um, just focusing on my dream board, I actually started to create tables in my journal and categorize by um, area in my life that, I, you know, like, for example, there was, an, uh, there was a box called health and there was a box called spirituality and there was a box called career and a box called art because art's really important to me and like just various boxes. And in those, I just put down very short term goals. 
within them. And so every like um, few months or so, I can just review this and be like, well, okay, we're, we're way to like achieving this in this box and that box. And they were just really small tasks. But over time, it truly transformed my life because then my day suddenly filled up with so many small different things. And at the end of the week, I felt like I was very balanced. Like I hadn't spent all my time only working or all my time only at the gym or all my time only cooking, you know, like it was just all very spread out. And I, and, and it gave me a very um, intensified sensation of like satisfaction because I felt really like rewarded in a way because I was like, wow, you know, you've really managed to balance everything out. And it's just practice. As, as time went on, it just suddenly became lifestyle. And it just like, you know, it's like as smooth as butter now. Like it just runs itself. There yeah. are times when you have to overcompensate because, you know, it's, it's like a hard work, work week or whatever the case may be. But essentially, you can always ground yourself back into that sense of balance in your week. And one of the things, and you mentioned the bucket list, I don't, I, I like having lists. I'm very much a list oriented person, but I don't like it when people plan things too far in the future. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know how everyone's on this plan for retirement and bucket list, like before I die. And, and yep. I'm, always, I'm like, can we just, why can't we do it now? Like if we can fit it into our schedule now, isn't it better you're younger, you're healthier, you're more able to probably execute on so many of the amazing adventures you want to go on or do. Exactly. Or, like, exactly. Why wait until like you're old to do it? And, and because some people, you know, like sometimes people get into the habit of just making up reasons why not to do it, right? So they'll be like, oh, it could be finance or it could be um, another reason. But a lot of the, the things, if they trace it back, it doesn't even... It might not even need a lot of money to do. Like sometimes people have, for example, write a book on their bucket list. Well, you know, if you I if need you life write... experience. So they always say I, this is the most common thing whenever I talk to people like I want to write a book someday. I'm like, why not write a book now? Well, because I don't have enough life experience and stories. And I go, well, how old are you? And they're like, usually like in their 20s. You have 20 years of life experience. I guarantee you your 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 thoughts and opinions on some of the things you're going to write in the first book will change over the next 10 to 15 years. But you at least have enough life experience to where you could relate to someone. Right? So yeah. like, yeah, why not? Why not write a book now? And if they just sit down and do some like d- uh, deep diving into themselves, they probably have so many stories growing up, right? And so many experiences that they were like, going to go back and like catalog everything but yeah like everyone's perspective changes everyone's life changes I don't believe that um I my life was very disorganized before it's just change in mindset and perspective as time goes on and what I'm saying now I might be a completely different person in 10 years and I'd be like oh you were so disorganized 10 years ago but it's the process it's it's not about like oh I'm gonna get to this perfect optimum level it's just about continuously improving yourself and that's part of like the growth mindset that people um will ideally should tend to develop a hundred percent and like I love how you used to phrase that like a mentality you're developing I think a lot of people think that they have to immediately like be great at being healthy or great at being disciplined or writing that book like, oh, I'm going to whip it out in a week or a month. You know, it might take you a year or two years, but if you do little bit by little bit consistently, like that is the mentality of like just persevering and not giving up. And I also really love like the Gary V mindset of he's like between 18 and 30 is your perfect age gap years to do like whatever you want and trying things out. He's like, go live in Bali for a year, go work for that photography business in New York, go, go explore, go figure out what it is you really want to make your passion for the rest of your life. And like, instead of like you said, waiting until your retirement and having your retirement funding plan, like why work for 70 years at a job you hate so that you can have 10 to 20 years of fun. And by the time you're at that 20, 10 years of fun, your body is worn out. You're not happy. And you've spent the last 70 years training yourself to live in a life that you didn't love. So how could you possibly go on these trips and be like, oh yeah, I'm enjoying this. You just want to probably want to go back home to your your, uh, routine that you've trained yourself to be in for the last 70 years. So it's it's crazy. 
Yeah, honestly, and unfortunately, I feel like it also leads to the sense of bitterness as people age, because they feel like, oh, they didn't get to live out their dreams and that life is horrible or that, you know, like they tend to develop these beliefs and sometimes they'll even pass it down to the next generation. Yes. And and so that becomes some like a burden that the next generation has to somehow find a way to break through. Exactly, exactly. And that's, that's why I, <laughs> my mom and my, my grandparents pick on me sometimes because they're in that third generation that remembers World War II, right? And the Vietnam War and stuff. So whenever I was like going to go to Mexico, for example, and they're like, you can't go to Mexico. It's too dangerous. You'll get kidnapped. You'll get murdered. And like they went off on all that tangent of like all the stereotypes that we, we hear about Mexico, right? And very valid. Don't get me wrong. But where I was going and who I was going to be with, I was going to be with 20 people with a Catholic group of students with priests and nuns that were traveling on pilgrimage to holy sites, right? Like <laughs> the best group of people to travel to Mexico with, I'm going with. <laughs> like who else is going to find that group? I know. So um, I was telling them that just guys, you not trust and have faith in God because they, they are Catholics. And like, I'm like, do you not trust and God and like that he could protect me and that the whole reason I'm going is to be on a pilgrimage and a peace journey and faith and uh, I said you guys went to Mexico like two weeks ago They're like well that's different we went to the doctor's office down there <laughs> and I was just like, I'm right. but like yeah that the older generation it really is out of love but a lot of it is out of fear too and so our job, I believe, as this really blessed generation that has literally everything at our fingertips on our cell phones, every opportunity in the world to pursue what we were put here to do is, is what I, I believe and what I'm trying to do. And that means, yeah, working my one month really hard, earning enough money to go on my next trip, but finding that balance, like you were saying, um, to make sure that I am living the life that I, I feel like I'm meant to live and not working, 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 working. And then eventually we'll have, we'll have some adventures and fun. Yeah, that's amazing. No, I love that mentality. That's absolutely amazing. Yes. <laughs> I just, there's like no more to say. It's just like, yes, that's what, that's, you know, there are things that you're like, I wish everybody believed this. I wish everybody lived like this. And then you think about it and you're like, if everybody did that, then it would be very crowded and busy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's uh, true. Yeah. But um, kind of transitioning into being able to stay joyful and like, especially through struggles and things that we overcome, what have been your really grounding things that have helped you to maintain the balance, to maintain the hope and the joy through everything that you've been through in your life to today. And now it's kind of becoming more like second nature to you, but what were your, and what are your things that keep you grounded that help you to stay true to who, to who you are and who you want to become? Honestly, if I had to give you one answer, I'd probably say spirituality and like my connection to God, because I'm quite spiritual. Um, and I'd have to say like certain exercises that I do throughout the day and as part of my routine so for example my journaling really helps um I feel like I can always track things down because being forced to put like words down on a page really makes you think about what you're thinking instead of it being like all jumbled up in your head or just things bouncing around all the time yes having the opportunity to read back on it even like even looking through like journal entries from like over two years ago, like it's so interesting and, and informative because you can truly understand yourself in a way. And then small exercises throughout the day, like, for example, I have this like um, exercise I do as soon as I wake up and it could be like while I'm making my bed or opening up my curtains, etc. And I think of three things that I'm grateful for. And I try to really think about it. So I don't do like a generic oh, I'm grateful to be alive today and I'm grateful that I have a home. Of course I am, but I also think about things in a lot more detail. So it could be like, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful, for example, that um, it, it's safe, out, safe outside and the sun is out and um, mm-hmm. I have like my, like I, I truly try to visualize that, that item I'm grateful for. So sometimes, and this is going to get a bit like nerdy, but because I'm like, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm into like um, stem cell biology and cancer research, etc. 
Um, I think about, for example, some of the proteins that are so essential, like this cell without this protein cannot, cannot do it around and if it can't move around then your immune system is busted or if it can't move around then there's no hearing possibility in the future and so I'm like wow I'm so grateful for that protein that can move around. and like I, I try, right? like, try to like no it's so true tie things in <laughs> no it, the the immense complexity of the world like I believe that there there had to and there is a creator that designed it all because like you said like without this protein that cell is going to not move it can't function like it is it blows my mind like when we look at the world on a microscopic level like how many things are intricately working like when I tell people like how cancer cells like to form in particular like um I'm, you're you you know I'm very well versed in this too but like cells you're they make up you your molecules they're not flat and they're not sticking together. They're vibrating next to each other, telling one another, we will stay together to form this person, this being, this book, this chair. Like we are, we are talking to each other and we, we are in agreement to maintain the shape, this form. But anytime that the frequency gets out of whack or the, the vibrations too slow or too fast, the cells start to freak out and then they start latching onto each other and those form malignant cancer cells and tumors and things like that and so people are like wait I'm not like this just like this drawing of like a solid form like no you have like a bunch of billion trillion zillion molecules that are all agreeing to create and form you (laughs) and it's just it blows my mind um the science behind it that we can tie into faith and reason and it's just yeah I I am fully 100% in agreement with you on that one yeah honestly and so I try to really like think deep like about like you said the microscopic things like I'm I'm very big on like um space documentaries (laughs) (laughs) even even related to space I'm like wow I'm so grateful for for like oh the wavelength of this and how it affects that like because I feel like you truly soak that up it's like it it wakes up your brain because you've already like tried to think deeply about something, which means like your brain juices are activated and everything's going at full speed. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you can soak in all of that wonder. And I feel like that wonder just like translates into so much beauty throughout the day. Like you really set yourself up in a really great way. And one of the other things I do, and this is something I just, I came up with it because, okay, I'll tell you the, the honest answer of how Go I came for up it. with it. Of course, I want to hear. I want to hear um, the full honest always. Okay, <laughs> so um, I told you that I'm I'm big on like spirituality and stuff, and so yes. I'm a Muslim, and mm-hmm. one of the prayers that we have it's it's a um, extra like prayer, like you don't have to pray it. It's it's just there if you want to, so it's not part of the obligatory ones. Right, and it's done at it's usually done at midnight, and one of the things that you do while you're praying is you ask for forgiveness for 40 people in your life by name wow so yeah so that's something you do and so one morning I was like waking up and I'd done my three things I was grateful for and I was like you know what comparison is such a big thing and it truly destroys people's lives in ways you know like people just don't they don't feel happy they don't feel satisfied they never look at what they have and 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 I was like what if I took that concept and I did three things every morning that I'm grateful for, for other people, you know, That's like, to so like beautiful, Zara. That's so, <laughs> it's so like, important. <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy. It truly 100%. is. And, and if so we, like, yeah, yeah sorry. No, go on, go on, go on. If, if we can learn to appreciate one another, like, okay, I'm Catholic and you're Muslim and yet we get along just fine. Right. Like 100%. if we can appreciate the, and love one another the way we're meant to, like they seem to be so much easier in this world but um like you said just appreciating the wavelengths appreciating the molecule like appreciating the creation that god gave us that is in and of itself an act of worship and an act of faith and that is exactly how we can approach everything in life with gratitude and having that mentality and like with the the prayer and the 40 people that is so beautiful i love that yeah so that that's honestly the the most truthful answer of why I do it so it was because of that concept I was like well you know what every morning after I've done my things I can do three things for other people like if someone has had something great happen in their life I can be like oh you know I'm so grateful that happened to them because I've already eliminated any essence of like comparison or jealousy or inspire and I've like 
tossed it out the window early in the morning and I'm like let's take on this day and then of course the jiu-jitsu rolls around and everything's great I, I think that's awesome you're such a badass you're like I'm going to do what I need for me then I'm going to kick butt and help the world yeah 100% honestly if you go into you go into your day with that mindset you really will and it, honestly like nothing matters anymore like I know and, and so many things do happen. Like I know so many challenges and obstacles come along the way. There are some bad days and I, I completely understand that. And I do go through all of that, but it's about having the willpower and the mindset to overcome it and just reason out what is within your control and what is with like beyond your control and like, exactly. things that are beyond your control, just let them go. That's it. It's not up to you. Oh my gosh. If there's any takeaway, people that are listening from the podcast, that is it know the difference between what you can and can't control because that is exactly what the essence of overall good day is. It's to be able to respond. Like you don't control what happens to you or how people treat you, but you can choose your responses to it. And that's where your true power lies is because nobody, no matter how hard they try, can take away what you have inside. Like that's, that was, that's the beauty. Um, do you know the history of like World War Two and the Holocaust and how like yeah. there were some prisoners that they just absolutely broke right off the bat and then others like say Maximilian Colby and there were a couple other people that I'm, I'm my names the names are escaping me I actually have been to um the uh well was it Auschwitz, Auschwitz and Birkenau in Poland and we were walking like through the streets and it was just like the overwhelming like emotions and feelings and like the energy there it was just it was such a beautiful crazy amazing but also very sobering experience but um they didn't get to choose what happened to them they were literally taken and forced against their will into these camps right but there were some of them that just continued to love their neighbor and their enemy and they made it through because they focused on the very fundamental fact of that they couldn't control what happened to them, but they could control how they responded to it. And their response was love. And like that just is, is exactly what this world needs is people that have that figured out like you do. So kudos, yeah, kudos to you. <laughs> There's actually a book um, that's that's very much on board with what you were just saying, which is Man's Search for Meaning. I'm not sure if yep, you've read it. Victor, Victor Frankel. Yes, I love yeah, I, that. I love that, that book. That book is amazing. Yes, it is. It is something I could read again. I think it's been five years. Like we read it. I was encouraged to read before we went to um, Auschwitz and Birkenau on that trip when I studied abroad. And I listened to the audiobook on the bus ride, like the seven and a half hour bus ride <laughs> <laughs> to get there. Because I was like, I'm going to mentally prepare myself for this. <laughs> um, and no, yes, um, it, it was amazing how Victor studied people within the prison. And like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm referencing and what I'm talking about. So. Yeah, no, that book's really amazing. And it's one of those books where if you read it every year, then it, I think that would be truly transformative because you'd probably find something new or something else you can add to your life every single time. I agree. I agree. There's always more that we can grow in. There's always more we can heal and there's always more we can do. But I like to always try to remember that I can't give what I don't have and you can't pour anything from an empty cup. So yeah. So filling yourself up first is the most important thing. Like you said, you do things in the morning for yourself and then you pour out to other people, which is so essential. Yeah. And remembering that you're responsible for you. So you're not responsible mm -hmm. for how everybody else acts or speaks. And if they do speak or say something that hurts you, for example, that's not on you, that's on them. So what you can do is realize that's beyond your control and instead focus on, on how you can be better exactly. or how you can overcome this exactly it, like instead of getting caught up in that spider web where like it's just <laughs> you know, like um, yeah. drama and conflict and and all of this like negative emotions no just go back to you and yeah. and how that affects you if it's actually putting you in a bad mood or if it's affecting your m mental state then just cancel it truly like <laughs> just remove yeah it. <laughs> there there was a um, helicopter um black hawk pilot she was giving a talk at our, our women's uh, day here in where I live at the, um, wherever they give big talks. I can't even remember the name of the place, but it was all before COVID. So well, back when we had big <laughs> events and people were, <laughs> thousands of people were in, were in the same room together, but she was telling her story about how she had an instructor who believed that women didn't belong in aviation. 
And she just was an absolute wreck in a mental emotional mess because she let what he said she let what he was telling her that she sucked that she was never going to get her license she never passed this particular part where she had to hover i think was it five feet above the helipad and then she had to leave and come back and hover and then land and she couldn't get the hovering right so she wasn't able to pass her final check to be able to fully get her her license in the military anyway long story short she had her day of her final, 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 like, like this was like kind of like the last opportunity. Her main instructor was sick. <laughs> so there had this new guy come in and he just sat quietly in the co-pilot seat as she did it. And she absolutely failed it miserably. And he landed for her and she, she he's just like, are you okay? Like he just asked her, like, are you okay? And she just broke down crying and just like screaming and yelling. And like, he's such a meanie. He tells me I can't pass. And just like, she just, it was so, so funny how she just acted it out. Cause she lived it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the instructor was like, okay, okay. Well, just, just for future reference, we don't cry in the military, but um, we're going to do this again. You're going to take a deep breath. We're going to, get you some water and then we're going to do this and you are going to pass today and she said that when she heard him say you will pass today her whole being like shifted from like I can't Mm. do this to oh my gosh yes I can and so then the next time that her instructor the main guy came back she did it flawlessly that he had no choice but to pass her so that's amazing (laughs) it was amazing but like hearing her story and just like watching her just that whole Um, shift and everything that she believed negatively about herself that she was allowing to have other external factors influence her and then that moment of realization to the triumph like it was all put on stage quite literally in front of us as the audience and it was just absolutely beautiful to watch so yeah like you like you said making sure that what you're intaking and allowing those things to kind of just be deleted. Like literally imagine like a keyboard and like press the delete button. Anytime somebody spews negativity and um, falsehoods into your life and just kind of give them back up to God, because it's like, it's, it's not meant to pierce you. It'll just bounce right off. So, yeah. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like it's so important. And it's all about believing that the alternative is possible. Yes. So yes. just having even the, the smallest belief of it's possible is better than just, you know, like just believing everything others tell you about yourself or what you're capable of. Like, for example, for me, um, right, like I, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu now, but growing up, I was overweight and I was always picked last in, in, in like PE, which is like Aww. physical education in the UK. And, I want to give little Zara a hug. <laughs> that's actually one of the things I did when I, when I sat down and I like reviewed myself, I was like, yeah, I think you need to go back and be nicer to that little girl because she never chose to be picked last. That was yeah. other people doing things. And, and just because that happened, just because you, you didn't, for example, excel at, at PE at that, at that time or et cetera, or go through cer- certain circumstances, um, doesn't mean that you can't be athletic now. And so now, like fast forward two years into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and like my health has completely changed. My fitness level has completely changed. I'm a completely different person because I went from being insecure and like non-athletic and thinking that I could never be that person you know like I could never associate myself with being an athletic girl to suddenly being like really fit and healthy and and that's (laughs) amazing like now it's like oh yeah I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu and yeah I do I I go to CrossFit and and you just rattle it off like it's no big deal and people are like wait what (laughs) yeah and and they don't know the backstory they think oh you know someone meeting me for the first time would be like oh wow she's like super athletic and I'm like contrary to that like that's not the truth like but I made it happen like I made changes in my life and I committed to those changes and once you do that you end up with results like no matter what happens there will be some sort of result absolutely no a hundred percent I know we say that a lot but a hundred percent totally hundred (laughs) percent um yeah because something I'll share a little quick story with you so when I when people meet because I really relate to that when people see me for the first time or meet me they think I have it all together they think like wow you come from like this really cool awesome like whole whole family right and I'm like no my dad actually I haven't seen him in like five years he's an alcoholic and he's a recovering drug addict and like I just 
I tell them a little bit of insight into my first 12 years of my life. And they're like, how are you like, not like tattooed, like, like pregnant yet? Like how are like, they just like kind of rattle off all the stereotypes of like, if this was your history, your background, your family, how are you not a screw up? Or how do you, how are you not like falling back into this, this negative diatribe? Right. And it's like, well, obviously my faith, but also like that mentality shift, like you were saying, which is like, actually, yes, what if I could, I believe I can. And even if I fail, I'm still going to try. And like, I think that's like the biggest, biggest thing for me is that possibility but also that realization like if I do fail at it at least I tried and gave it my all because I would rather give something my all and fail than not do it out of fear and regret never trying yeah and I think that all stems from you believe have a choice Mm, because for people that believe they don't have a choice and they need to slide down that slope then it just becomes obsolete. But you believing you have a choice means you have the willpower to execute on a choice and try. And like you said, it could work, it could not work, but you you do try. And so that's the choice you're making. Yes, and getting yourself out of that victimization mentality, which I was in for a good good portion of my young adult life because I wanted to hold on to those crutches of like well I have bad relationships or men treat me poorly because my dad never showed me what I should deserve like as as a woman like in relationships like I watched him and his girlfriends use and abuse each other I don't know if I told you this art but my dad was engaged 12 times before I was 12 oh wow yeah so he the cycle would be he would get a girlfriend she would start moving and living with him she'd buy her a dog he'd buy her a ring and then she'd leave with the dog and the ring so by the time I was 12 years old I'd been shown like pretty much every way up and down left right whatever you want to call it way of not to do a relationship (laughs) but no one ever showed me like what should a healthy relationship look like like other than my grandparents like I have no I had no examples and so i grew up in like the young teen years of being like, okay, what should I be looking for? What should relationships be like? And then just like failing miserably and then chalking it up to my daddy issues, right? Like, oh, it's because of my daddy issues, right? And I would just kind of keep those crutches. And then one day I was complaining to my mom about it and she goes, when are you going to burn the crutches? Mm -hmm. I love that. (laughs) I know. She's like, when are you going to literally throw them in the fire and get rid of them? Because you're like 18 and you can't keep doing this. Like you can't be keep playing a victim. She didn't play those exact words, but that is the mentality of like, well, no, no, no. I like, I like my crutches, but your crutches are atrophying your legs because you're not using them correctly. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I agree. hundred percent. hundred percent. You know, what's so important with what you just said, you said that you'd seen exactly how not to do the relationship. A lot of people will see bad experiences and take on those bad experiences as how they should, just like, because that's the education they get based on the environment. But you were able to identify that as the not to do. And so then you went out out and did your homework on what you should do. And that's so, so important. So like, hats off to you for that. Yeah, I've I've noticed a trend in the people that I knew growing up in particular, either they were in situations similar to mine, and then they, like you said, just went with it and adopted the same, or they went the exact opposite way and were like, okay, that's clearly wrong. I didn't like that. <laughs> oh, what's the right way to do this? Um, but then there, there are the tweeners that kind of just like accept it and then kind of just walk through life with their pain, with their crutches and with that victim mentality, but kind of like they're more quieter spirits. And I have no problem with a quieter spirit, but there is some fire that needs to be ignited in certain hearts in this world that we are made for more than what we are living currently. And I think it's just, that's one of my goals with my podcast and with my book that I'm writing and all the stuff that I'm doing with NFTs is to kind of just kind of turn up the temperature a little bit in some of people and just be like, okay, I know you're capable of more than this and I know that you deserve it and I know that you want it. So why aren't you doing it? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes, 100%. Like I'll throw out the million percent right now because I truly, like, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's something I'm a big believer of. Everyone has the capacity to do anything they want to do. Everyone has the capabilities. And you know, when people speak about things like skills and talents and stuff, Mm -hmm. I do believe in talent, but I also believe on commitment and consistency and all of those other things, because 
if you're just talented, then it doesn't really mean anything in the long run. And so it's about putting time and putting in the effort and doing the homework and, and you can be whoever you want to be, you can achieve anything you want to achieve. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are, because if there's a will, there truly is a way. There is. And there's always another way. I, one thing and that's always bothered uh, my teachers in elementary schools, they give us the math problems with like the no win scenarios. Like if there's a train going 50 miles per hour and it's heading towards the cliff, how long until it goes off the cliff? And I'm like, I wrote in my answer and I wish I would have saved the paper because it would have been a great like thing to frame. But I wrote, I would hop off and reroute the track. <laughs> oh, well done. Because <laughs> I was well like, done. there's a train headed towards a cliff why can't we make it not go off the cliff or why can't people get off the? because the way that the question was phrased is they can't get off the train the people but you you have two options either you jump off the train or you um speed it ahead faster to um to just get it over with or you figure out a mathematical way to slow it down and I was just like why can't we just like stop it or reroute the track and the teachers were like no you don't understand I'm like no you don't understand there's another option (laughs) We're all doomed. (laughs) Yeah, we're all doomed. But like, I think that's how people live their lives. I mean, yes, we are all going to die one day. Like that's inevitable. But I choose to live my life out of love for living, not out of fear of dying. I'm not trying to preserve my life in such a way that like, oh, I'll never get on a plane or I'll never drive a car. But I'm living in such a way that I will be happy. Like if I were to die tomorrow, I'd have no regrets. Like that. I think that's how we should, we should all live our lives. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but, um, and, and oh, that's why that like yet. reflecting every day and just making sure you're in alignment with what your purpose is and what you hope to achieve and making sure every day there's like a even if it's a small part of that in, in your day just essentially adds to that aspect and that concept it absolutely does and I loved how just one last thing how you said about the willingness and like the capability I believe everybody is capable like you said but not everybody's willing and so the part that we have to learn to be able to articulate, because I would consider you and I teachers in this particular area, because we've lived it, we've breathed it, we've overcome it, and now we're living the life that we're made to live. But for those that are kind of like, kind of behind us a little bit, um, the advice I would give to them is everybody is capable, but not everybody is willing. And the willingness comes in with the will and creating that strong will through discipline, which is something that you are excellent at with Brazilian jiu-jitsu and everything that you've been doing and going through. So I think you're a perfect person to like, just talk about this. I can see you doing a TED talk. I don't know if you, you said you've done public speaking before, but I could see you definitely giving a TED talk. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday. (laughs) Maybe in Dubai, TED talk X Dubai (laughs) or London. Yeah, sure. I know know they have them in London. Either one. Where are you right now? Are you in London or are you in Dubai? I'm currently in Dubai, actually. Cool. Very cool. And what time is it there right now? It is 11.55 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Okay, get to bed. (laughs) No, it's fine. Don't worry. Honestly, with NFTs and Twitter spaces, I've just, like, reprogrammed my entire sleeping schedule. So I'm, like, living (laughs) in, in, like, various time zones at the moment. It's completely fine. (laughs) Yeah, I've actually asked some of my friends that I text on a regular basis, basis, what time zone are you in? Because I'm traveling so much that I'm just like, wait, where are you in the world? Can I have, like, a ping that says (laughs) where you are? But, oh my um, gosh no. I wish I, uh, what I've done is like I've programmed um the world clock on my mobile with like nice. all the different time zones for different people and, and so every time they say something I'm like okay so that's this person's time zone that means it's this right now and nice. so be good for that time <laughs> I like that I like that a lot I um I'm as you know I'm becoming a pilot and I'm learning um Zulu time right now so Zulu time is the universal world clock time that never changes but when it's daylight when we're doing daylight savings you have to add an extra hour not just the regular eight hours to my pacific time so i was doing the math problems yesterday and i was getting really frustrated because i was like i am good at math i am good at math because i struggled as a kid with with math but i kept getting the answer wrong off by one hour and i called my instructor and i was like look buddy what's up with this and he goes oh i forgot to tell you that daylight savings time changes the book it doesn't doesn't clarify that but when it's daylight savings you have to add an extra hour and i was like i had this big like oh my gosh i'm not stupid <laughs> moment yeah 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 no. <laughs> it's just like 
Yeah. So I agree. We need to figure out some way of figuring out everybody's time zones or just all be on one time together. <laughs> Would that be a little right? weird? Right? I, f- I feel it, like it, I wish like <laughs> I wish like next to everyone's like profile or something it has their time zone and I'm like, okay, I know or like a pin of like their location or something or or like a live timing. That would be so yeah. great. Like you can actually see it and like make plans for things. Cause I think a lot of Twitter spaces as well, people mix them up the first week. Yep. Because they usually like the timing and everything was like one hour difference. Yes, I ha- yes, that that has happened to me more than once, and I've had to go in and edit it because I scheduled the Twitter space while I was in one location of the world, thinking that I was in another part of the world, and then by the time I was going to host the Twitter space in a different time zone, the phone calculated the difference, but I didn't. So it was at a completely different time than when I originally told people. They're like, wait, wait, it's happening now? I thought it was in three hours from now. <laughs> it, it is. Let me go back in and edit it real quick. <laughs> yeah, but, um, honestly. Yes, I actually do need to go and you need to go to bed. So I, this yeah, has yeah. been amazing, Zara. Thank you so much for your time and your stories. Like, I want to have you on here again and we will do more Twitter spaces. But for those that are listening, this is Zara, aka BJJ Women. She is an amazing NFT artist, which we didn't even talk about. We didn't get to that yet. Next time we'll talk about it. We'll NFTs. do it. part two, part two. Part two, part two. <laughs> uh, leave in the comments if you have any questions for us, um, anything that you guys would like us to talk more on, feel free to reach out to us via DM on Instagram, Twitter. What is your handle? Let's give them. Let's give them your handle. So the handle is just BJJ Woman. I was fortunate nice. enough to get that. Yeah, that's so easy. No underscores yeah. or anything. It's just the yeah. nope. That's awesome. Perfect. So you guys got her handle. I'll leave a link below to all of her stuff and her work. And you're going to be releasing your next. Uh, your Genesis is done and sold out, which is huge. Congratulations again. I will never stop congratulating you on that. Thank I think that's you. amazing. But when's your um, next there are drop? More Genesis pieces. Um, oh, good. before the generative yeah so it's, it's, it's going to be a few more because I want to give more more people the chance to like be in on the genesis and because obviously the genesis will come with a lot more perks like yes. for the later on upcoming generative collection yeah so when do you think you're going to be dropping your next round like rel- it doesn't have to be a specific date or anything but just like relatively um over the speaking. next week so I've been working really hard on the artwork so over the next Ooh. week they should be dropping in slowly yeah maybe we should have you on another another <laughs> another podcast and talk about the drop <laughs> maybe we or, or twitter or twitter, or twitter space, space. Maybe. Yeah. yeah we should get the podcast community into nfts although the live aspect of it really does help with asking questions and things but Anyway, thank you again so, so much. Thank you to all of you who have listened thus far and made it an hour and seven minutes and 19 seconds in. We appreciate you. (laughs) And we will see you in the next one. Always remember to have an overall good day. And I don't know, BJJ, what's your, what's your like saying that you like to tell people or something that you just encourage as like a kind of a send off? Um, Just believe in yourself. Believe that you're capable and believe that good things are coming for you couldn't have said it better myself so thank you so much and we will see you in the next one bye bye bye